In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Dallas. That's right. 50 states, 50 weeks, 50 Browns fans. And I'm here with Tom in Dallas. Tom, how are you? You're well, Paul. Thanks for having me today. Excellent. And, mate, the first question I've got to ask you, why are you a Browns fan in Dallas? Well, I was born and raised in Ohio. I've been a Browns fan my entire life. Uh, It was in my family. My grandfather took me to Browns training camp way back in the early 70s when I was at Hiram College. And I moved to Dallas, Texas in 2000. And I met hundreds, literally, of other Browns fans here. We have a a great uh, Browns backers group here. Lots of energy. Very excited. And, of course, like everybody else, we can't wait for the 2019 season. So the downfall of the Cleveland Browns, is it all to do with you moving to uh, Dallas, Texas? Well, actually, <laughs> it could very well be. I mean, it was, it's, uh, that's when they came back. I was still in Cleveland when they came back in 99 and went to the first game against the Steelers that didn't turn out so well. But um, I was there for the very first season back, but I there for the second season. Okay, great. Well, look, this podcast is all going to be about the um, you in Dallas, but I'm really interested to know, that first game against the Steelers, we put a team together that was – real barebone I'm guessing because we're a new club at this point how did we do against the Steelers in that first game educate me uh, well it was uh, it was in 1999 in September of 99 and uh, it was it was a night game and uh, there's a lot of energy as you can imagine it's a brand new stadium the first time in the new stadium which is now you know first energy but very first stadium Ty Detmer was the quarterback the Browns were back after a three-year hiatus and so the energy was incredible, almost like a playoff game I'd been to back in the 80s. Uh, but unfortunately, the team just was not that good. It was a lot of rookies, um, a lot of players other teams didn't want. Um, Tim Couch was on the roster, and by the end of the game, uh, he was thrust into it. Um, and I believe the Browns lost something like 43 to nothing or something really bad. Um, the team just wasn't that good this year. And, and sadly, I don't know what this means, but – uh, that team actually won two games in 99, as bad as they were, unlike the 2017 team that went 0-16. So it sounded like it was like an AAF team or something like, just put together and hope for the best. Yeah, there were some you know, veteran players, um, some guys who had been around the league for a while, and as well as a lot of rookies. The Browns had, uh, when they became an expansion team, the, Browns gave, the NFL gave the Browns an additional pick in the second and seventh round. So they were to have 13 draft choices. Uh, Tim Couch was the first pick. So it seemed promising. I think even though the team was bad, everyone expected it to be the case. But um, I know Browns fans everywhere were just elated that they were back. Okay. Well, no one likes losing to the Steelers. So uh, Absolutely not. I still hate it. I reckon we're going to get two wins against the Steelers this year. You know, I, I, but here's what I believe about the Steelers. Back in the, in the 80s, the Steelers had a great run. 
um, through the 70s and when they had a lot, you know, the, the, Terry Bradshaw was their quarterback, their Hall of Fame quarterback, much like Ben Roethlisberger now, um, their Hall of Fame quarterback. And basically, they're at the end of the Roethlisberger era. And in the 80s, after Bradshaw retired, they had a couple quarterbacks by the name of Mark Malone and Bubby Brister who were awful. And the Steelers are two to three years away from returning to the Mark Malone, Bubby Brister era. Yeah, we just need uh, Big Ben now to uh, finish up his career and keep him playing, keep him, keep him struggling for the next two, three years. And uh, hopefully it's the years of the uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and Antonio Brown's been a, a Browns killer. So I'm happy that he's gone. Le'Veon Bell's gone. The Browns defense is so much better. I just hope they rough up Big Ben twice within 11 days this season. Christmas come out early for Browns fans. That's right. That's right. Anyway, look, uh, thanks for the education. Let's talk about you in Dallas. So um, is there only one backers in Dallas or is there lots of them? There's a, there, there's a group that um, we're not too affiliated with. I mean, I don't know. They kind of broke away. I'm, I'm not too familiar with them. But the main one is the Dallas area Browns backers. Um, we've been very active. Um, we, we're really excited that next year in 2020, the Browns will return to Dallas. They only come here once every eight years. Um, and obviously, we won't know the schedule until uh, next season when it comes out specifically when they will play. And we'd love to have you here, Paul, when they come down to Dallas and the Browns come next year. Because we, we put on a great party. We did in 2012. Um, we had like 800-some-odd people come out to our Saturday night event. We had um, a couple of old Browns players signing autographs. We'll do the same thing uh, when, that, when they come next year. And we've already uh, – there's a brand-new – amazing sports bar that we've already uh, made contact with. We plan on having a big giant party next year. But the group here, uh, we have officially for the Dallas area Browns backers, we have five different uh, viewing locations. Um, last year we had some we had tremendous attendance, tremendous enthusiasm, pretty much like everybody else. Um, the second half of the season was awesome. So we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, about 350 active members. Wow. Um, and like a big crowd, big crowds this year. Yeah, just educate me. I, I don't really understand how um, uh, American cities work. So you've got five different viewing areas, part of the same backers group, and all depends on where you live. You go to the closest one. Yeah, and D Dallas is a very big city, and you know, to get from you know where I, where I live, north of the city, we have a viewing location that I manage, and so it serves the people near us. Our other viewing locations on a Sunday are probably 20 to 30, sometimes 40 minutes away, depending where you go. So we've really tried to do the best to serve our members and set up locations where we maximize and make it easy for people to come see us. And most of our locations, we get 75 to 100 people per game. And um, we've established good relationships with the local bars. And of course, last year they loved us. Um, the bar we attend, we were there every Sunday and you know we had their big, biggest following. Um, so they're they're happy to have the Browns fans there. Excellent. And it, it, when the Cowboys, uh, sorry, when the Browns come to the Dallas, what sports bar are you going to head to first? Well, there's a there's a the place I was referred to is called Texas Live, and it just opened up uh, right near AT and T Stadium where the Cowboys play. It is a huge venue. It's probably one of the coolest sports bars I've ever been in. I don't need a reason to go there like a lot of other folks. have been there multiple times for different sporting events. And we're actually, this season, um, we're working with their management there because we are going to have a one-location viewing party for one of our games where we'll probably have 350 people watch it. It's got giant TV screens, incredible sound, incredible food. 
a lot of Texas food. Um, they have a lot of live music there. It's a, it's a great place. So we're probably going to have our event there um, when the Browns come to Dallas in 2020. Awesome. But there's going to be like, there's, there's can't be too many Cowboy fans going to turn up on the day, is it? It's going to be a purely Browns fan pub? Uh, br- Cowboy fans are not like Browns fans. We're loyal to the end. You know, even with the bars we were going to, 0-16, we're still showing up, cheering like crazy, and, and some of the other fans there couldn't believe how passionate we were. But uh, Cowboys fans are pretty fickle. When I first moved here, they had three, three straight 5-11 and 11 seasons. And uh, once, they, once they were on that losing trajectory, their fans all checked out. So they're, they're pretty fair weather. They claim to be passionate and all of that, but they go as, they go as the Cowboys goes. Sounds awesome. I can't wait to turn up in Dallas and uh, cause some trouble. <laughs> We'd love to have you here. Excellent. And um, tell us, if I come to um, Texas, uh, Dallas, what's the like signature food there? It's definitely Texas barbecue. And um, there's, there's so many good places now that the, the venue I mentioned has a barbecue place, but there are several other areas I'd definitely recommend. Um, either in the city, the Pecan Lodge, or some other different places where you can go and just get a little slice of heaven, depending on what kind of Texas uh, smoked meats you prefer, whether it's sausage, turkey, brisket, pulled pork, um, or, or, or whatever chicken they may prefer. But I'm a huge fan of Texas barbecue. I love it and can probably eat it every day. Is there like one classic... Um famous joint that I've got to go to when I'm in town, like Toledo's got the um, Tony Paco's, is there one in uh, uh, Dallas? Yeah, there's like the Pecan Lodge down in Deep Ellum is probably one one place, it's one of those uh, barbecue places where people line up out the street and um, there's a long line to get in and they just, they serve until they're out of food. You know, it's kind of one of those places, and it's. But there, there are other places too. That's that's probably one of the more well-known ones that uh, people visit when they come to the city. Tom, as we're talking about food, I'm going to ask my tough question. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Ohio versus Dallas food. What are you going to go with? See, I'm, I, uh, see, I love a lot of the Italian food and some other ethnic food you get in, in Cleveland, especially Little Italy, and, and even some of the areas where I grew up in the Canton Akron area. There's some better food there, but I got to tell you that some of the Tex-Mex here in the Texas barbecue, I, I got to give it to, to the Dallas area. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe people would be upset with this, but I've never been a big pierogi fan for whatever reason. I know people love them. I'm okay with them, but I, I just. I got. I can tell. I love Texas barbecue and, and the Tex-Mex we get here. It's incredible. Well, Tom, you just ruined my ratings. Everyone's now pushed <laughs> the uh, stop listening button, and uh, yeah, that's me done for the day. Yeah, no, no I'm joking. Uh, yeah, okay. I am. I am actually uh, a Brony fan, Brogi fan. So, uh, oh, excellent. And um, yeah, tell us um, what do you think the Browns are going to win and lose this year. Well, you know, it's um, I know I know that the uh, the expectations are super high, so I'm I'm very curious to see how Kitchens is going to handle the team this year with great expectations. When you know, when he and Greg Williams took over the team last year, the expectations were pretty low. I think they were two seven and one, if memory serves, or two six and one when memory when, when they first played uh, you know, the Chiefs and then the Falcons. But um, so I, I think they kind of snuck up on us 
now with a lot of the players they've added, with uh, you know the establishment of Baker Mayfield as the franchise quarterback, the expectations are really high. The first half of the season is tough. If they can stay healthy um, and, and survive the first half of the season and do what they did last year and continue to get better week after week, I think when they get Kareem Hunt back in week nine against Denver, the rest of the season they could have a big year. I'm, I'm definitely hoping if they stay healthy, they can compete and win the division. Um, maybe host a playoff game would be phenomenal. Um, not that I doubt the Browns. I, I might have a Super Bowl. I may have a hotel reservation in Miami in January when there's a Super Bowl. But, um, but okay, I, Tom, I, pause there for a second. Have you booked a room for the Super Bowl? I, um, what I did in the Super Bowl this year, I believe, is February the 2nd. And uh, my brother, who still lives in the Cleveland area, he and I are big, obviously big Browns fans have grown up that way. He's a season ticket holder. We uh, started uh, with all the different hotel chains in January when they would allow you to book 10 months, 12 months in advance, all the different chains. And so um, I got a reservation near the Fort Lauderdale Airport at a hotel there for a pretty good rate. Um, but most of the hotels are that you couldn't book. They're holding out. They know it's Super Bowl. So just in case the Browns uh, play a football game in February, I, I, I might have a hotel room. All right, Tom, next year you've got to tell me when you're making them bookings because I also need to make them bookings. <laughs> 12 months in advance, you got to get on the different – what I did in January, I was looking at all the different major hotel chains, the Marriott's, the Hilton's, et cetera, and I was looking at their booking policies. Most of them are 12 months in advance, and I just kept trying to booking and book one until I got one. And um, I actually got a couple different ones, but I found one that's a little bit cheaper by the airport, and that's the one I went with. Well, get an uh, extra bed ready in your room because I'm sharing with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Love to have you. Okay, cool. And um, – I want a number from you, Tom. What, what's our win-loss rate going to be? I, I think uh, – I want to be realistic. I think it's 10. Um, I think the front end of the schedule is tough. Um, last year I said six, and I was wrong, and I'm happy, I'd am happy. i love to be wrong by one game again. I think 10 is a realistic number. This team is so young. They have a difficult schedule. First-year head coach, I want to be realistic. But, hey, you know, they have a second-year quarterback, um, which, you know, if you look back in the last five years – a lot of teams with the second-year quarterback were able to, you know, once they established that young guy at that position, they were able to spend a lot of money on other positions, which the Browns have done. So, you know, winning 10, 12 games is not certainly unrealistic. And uh, if they stay healthy, I, I think 10 is a solid number. I hope it's a little bit higher. Who are your potential surprise Browns players, offense and defense? Is there – is there a player that you think is going to have a breakout season? Offense? I, I th yep, I do. I think on offense, it's Antonio Callaway. I think there's a lot of talk about OBJ, all this talk about, you know, Landry, and, and, and also Njoku. Njoku's going to, you know, he, I don't know who's going to guard him when they're healthy and have all their, everybody, um, you know, lined up in, in, in different passing situations. But I have a feeling Callaway is just going to sneak up on people. He's got an, uh, from all indications, what I've been reading about him, he's had a fantastic offseason. You haven't heard anything about him, which is good news. Um, and, and, I, and I understand he, he did really well in the OTAs recently. So I think he's, he's a potential breakout player. And um, I also, uh, on defense, you know, I also think, you know, it's no surprise, Ogan Joby on the D-line because, you know, if they are able to sign McCoy over the next couple of days, you put a, that young guy in there when there's so much focus is going to be on Olivier and, and Garrett and some of the other guys they've signed. He's another guy that could have a monster year. Yeah, real um, big season for him. Obviously a third rounder. 
done everything right so far, I think, personally. And now yeah. with that D-line, without McCoy, it's powerful. So uh, he, he has to shine. Absolutely. I think he will. No question. And, uh, Tom, any plans to go back to Ohio this season to watch a game? Um, I don't know. I, normally, I always try to get to a game. Uh, you know, I've traveled all different places, Houston and San Diego, Kansas City, uh, Nashville. But um, I don't know if I will this year. Actually, I'm leaving for Ohio tomorrow um, for a family wedding. But uh, I don't know this football season because uh, my daughter's getting married this football season. And so I might. So I, I don't know where, uh, where it's going to fit in the budget for me to get to a football game this year, but I certainly hope to do so. I kind of have my eye on uh, going to Arizona on December 15th when they play the Cardinals. And how would you get to Arizona? I'd fly from, from Dallas. Usually uh, that, that time of year you can get good airfare before the holidays, and um, I would probably fly to Phoenix. And it's uh, probably over like a two-hour flight from Dallas to get to Phoenix. And see yeah, the you're in Denver this year as well, so which is even a little bit closer. Yeah, I'm going to the Denver game, Pats game, first game of the season in New York. They're the ones I've bought flights to. But Phoenix wow. Phoenix has just gone up in price, which hurts me a little bit. So um, I can't afford to go to Phoenix. So I'm waiting for some airline to reduce the uh, the flights. So, so, Paul, I got to know, how, how did you become a Browns fan? How have you become such a passionate follower of the Cleveland Browns? So it all started about 15 years ago. My uh, good friend uh, went to the States. Uh, we were buying T-shirts. We wanted American T-shirts to be a bit different when we went out in England. So he bought me uh, Browns T-shirts. And the first one he bought for me was a grey Browns T-shirt with the American football-style uh, material as Browns. And that was my first T-shirt. I had a, cap, a a baseball cap, and yeah, I always wear something Browns related. So um, that's where it all started. And then about five years ago, I do quite well with English Premier League soccer fancy football, and there was a American football one, and they've obviously seen me wearing Browns gear. I said I'll enter the league, and at that point, I realised. I need to learn and understand the roster. So, yeah, for the last five years, um, I've been able to name the uh, 53-man roster. And, yeah, over the last three, four, three, four years, I've been following the draft and uh, learning the team inside out. So, um, yeah, uh, I love the sport. I love Sunday nights. And, uh, yeah, it's a great community, and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. That's, that's what's great for you know, the folks here in Dallas where, you know, we have, uh, I have most of my, my closest friends are all Browns fans I've met through the backers. You know, we're all brothers from another mother, birds of a feather, whichever way you want <laughs> to use there. But we, we, we definitely, you know, our passions are the same for the Browns. And, uh, you know, we, like everybody else, again, we just cannot wait um, for the season to kick off this year. Excellent. And uh, my last question before I finish up, do you have a trademark drink in Dallas or is uh, if I come to the bar and drink Jaeger bombs, that's going to be fine or, or uh, should I be on something else? Yeah. Jaeger bombs are fine. I don't know if there's, you know, there's a truly a signature beer or a signature drink necessarily that's Dallas. Um, I, I think, um, you know, what's a trendy drink right now is uh, that, I, that I, I drink often myself is uh, Tito's tonic. It's a, 
I mean, Tito's Vodka. It's a handcrafted vodka from Austin, Texas, and that became big here, and now it's everywhere. It's all over the state. So a lot of Tito's drinkers around here, uh, beer drinkers, of course. So a lot, uh, there's a lot of local uh, you know, breweries in the area here. So, um, you know, a lot of Texas beers. Uh, Shinerbach is, is, is my favorite. Okay, good. Well, I look forward to having one when I'm out in uh, Dallas. And, uh, mate, first, now I'll finish up with maybe telling us where can people find your details. If anyone's coming to Dallas, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, that's great. We're um, the Dallas area Browns backers. We're on Twitter Dallas, at Dallas Browns. You can also find any information about us at DallasBrowns.com. We have our own website, and um, you know we're trying to generate as much interest for us. Look out for you know our our our, our uh, information and details that we're going to have for the Browns coming next year in 2020. We hope to have a massive party here in Texas uh, for the Browns, celebrating the Browns coming here like we did eight years ago. Um, and, and so all the details can be found there. But the best place to find us is either on Twitter, at Dallas Browns or DallasBrowns.com. All right, Tom, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I think my parents would be very proud. They used to watch the Dallas program um, when I was uh, a, a young youngster. So uh, um, I've never watched the program, but um, I remember the theme music. And I may ask Jack to put Dallas on as our intro music for this one. Well, if you go to Dallas, yeah, it's pretty funny, that signature song. But uh, the Dallas uh, South Fork Ranch is still out in Parker, Texas, not too far from here. You know, we've been out there before if you want to go visit that. But, hey, when the Browns come here next year, let me know. you got a place to stay. We'd love to have you here in Dallas because I know it's going to be a great party. Awesome. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. And congratulations on running such a successful uh, Browns uh, Packers. All right. Thanks, Paul. Go Browns. Go Browns. Woof, woof.